No, I'm, I'm so excited to be here. Hey, I got to warn you. I got to warn you. I talked to Pastor Marty. Pastor Marty told me to preach like I'm at home. So y'all, y'all in trouble today. Y'all, like, y'all in trouble. Yeah, y'all in trouble. I'm excited. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm even more excited to hear uh, that the, the teens ministry just got back from amazing camp, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So here's what I want to do. Uh, because, because if I was at home, I'd want to hear from at least three amazing teens about what God is doing in their life or what they feel like God spoke to them at the camp. Have y'all already done that? No. Can, I, can we do that? Can I borrow your microphone? Listen, y- y'all, they, listen, they told me to be at home, y'all, so y'all have to... Yeah, be at home. I, I, need, I need about three of you. Three? Come on. One for the father. Come on. One for the son. Okay, we got two. I need a guy. I got two ladies and a guy. I need a guy. That's what I'm talking about. Listen. Okay, we got two guys. Okay, four. Come on. Yeah. One for the father, son, Holy Ghost, and one for the church. Um, this week, I received my prayer language from... <laughs> Come on, y'all. Come on. Um, I've also struggled a lot with anxiety, and this week that chain is broken. Wait a minute! Wait, 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 wait! Listen, y'all are like y'all doing children's church on this. Y'all are kind of patty cake. Listen, listen! No, no, no! You need to understand that anxiety is an amazing uh, a, a mountain for young people to conquer. So many young people are wrestling with anxiety. So when we hear a young lady on stage that says, "This says, listen, that chain is broken," we don't go. We don't do that. When she said the chain is broken, listen, we have to give God some amazing glory. So, so we're going to rewind. We're going to rewind. We're gonna rewind. And so, so when she's, listen, shh. So when she says it this time, I want y'all to go crazy, okay? Okay. All right. Here we go. Rewind. Rewind. Say, okay. Start from me again. Say it again. <laughs> okay. Um, I've struggled with anxiety, and this week that chain was broken. Yeah! That's how you do it. 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 Now. Now. Go ahead. Listen, this guy's a worshiper. This guy's a worshiper. I was watching him doing worship. And man, doing worship, I mean, he was in his own world. He didn't care about any of y'all. He was in his own world. He was worshiping. He was prophesying. He was singing. Man, I, I appreciate that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell yeah, for sure. What guys sure. doing? Um, so while I was at camp uh, th- this week, uh, God gave me a word to go out on prayer walks and like gather a group of people to go out on prayer walks and stuff. So I, yeah, I thought that was really powerful and like uh, start a Bible group in my church, or not church, but uh, school. So I thought that was pretty cool. Come on, come on thank you thank you good okay, job first of all I just want to say I suck at holding a microphone so I'm sorry if you can't hear me um, anyway uh, this week at camp I just um, I got the opportunity to kind of prophesy over so many people and just kind of you know tell them what they needed to hear and show them the path that God had set out for them um, and Whoa. <laughs> it's still so incredible to me. Um, and the very first night that, that this started happening, I, I was talking to this girl, and this girl turned around and started talking to someone else. And someone had been talking to me before this, so just to see the way that it moved through people was just so incredible. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. There's more, y'all. There's more. There's more. Okay? That's not all. It gets better. <laughs> um, and uh, also, the very last night, they were talking about, like, leave something at the altar. And um, I've struggled really hard with anxiety since COVID. Um, and I just started taking medication for it. And I, I had my medication in my pocket. I literally just took it and I chucked it at that stage. Yeah! That is not my problem. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> That's how you do it. I love it. I love it. Nobody told me this would be this terrifying, to be honest. <laughs> so through the entire week of church camp, I had this tugging in my heart to be, to give my entire life to Christ, which is wow. something that I've always been terrified to do. Wow. It's always been the most scary thing to give my life so completely to something wow. this big. Right. Yeah. And for the first time, I actually felt free from anxiety, <laughs> depression, Come on, y'all. alcohol, Come all on, of man. it. I gave my entire life. To the God Almighty. 
Yeah, and baby. And I can finally say yeah. that I'm a man of God. Yeah, come on, y'all. Yeah. And he has my heart, my soul, and everything that I have, and I will use it to praise and worship him. Come on, y'all. Give it up. With everything in my body. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on, y'all. Give it up for our teams. Come on, man. Come on, man. Listen, I just feel like there's one more, and I don't, I'm not used to this. I feel like there's one more. My guy, right here. Have you been up here? Yes, sir. Will you come up here and say something, man? You's like, come on. Hmm? <laughs> no, um, I felt like whenever I've, I was called to ministry, like I got a prophecy over me, um, and I never was really too sure about it um, until the second night, I was just praying, and I felt a release that God wanted me to go to ministry. Don't know what that looks like. Wow. But, like, he just wants me to go to ministry and just go on all full for him. Yeah. And that's, yeah. That's what's up. Come on, y'all. Way to go, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey, and young people, y'all go with me. Go with me on this one. You ready? A quiet church is a? Yeah, baby, yeah. I love it. I love it. No, it's so amazing when young people go to camp, and that's something that we have to, we have to foster that. Um, in the Holy of Holies, in the Holy of Holies, God lit the wick of the candle. God lit the wick of the lamp. But it was the priest's job to make sure that the oil was in the lamp so that it continued to burn. Um, God has lit the wick in their hearts and in their lives. Now it's our job to make sure that we keep the oil, that we continue to pray for them and lift them up and encourage them. Amen. And when we see them doing good things, because, because you know, those of you who've been in Christ for a while, you know what happens next. You know, when you may get on stage, you make a bold declaration like that. You know what happens next. So that means that you guys have got to be on the war path for the enemy. That means you guys have to keep, keep them covered in prayer. And I encourage all of you, Pathway family, to add their name, to add that group to your prayer list. And you pray for them every day. You pray for them because God is doing some, something supernatural. And God's doing something amazing in their hearts. And he's doing it now. And the next move of God, I believe that the next ushering in of the revival is going to come through the young people. Because I, I, heard, I heard Pastor... I heard Pastor Mark say, we were talking earlier, and here's what he said. He said that many people, many people are speaking down on this next generation. He said, but don't sleep on them because there's a, there's a remnant out there. Y'all hear what I'm telling you? There's a remnant out there that's going to serve God. And I thank God for the call of ministry that's on the lives of these young people. We celebrate you. And listen, what God has begun in your life, man, you got to know that he's going to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen? Come on, y'all give our young people another round of applause. God's going to complete it. God's going to perform that thing. He's going to perform it. I love it. Will you grab your Bibles and go to the book of Genesis chapter number 11? Genesis chapter number 11. Glory to God. Now, again, I'm going to preach like I'm at home, so y'all y'all hold on tight with all your might. Yeah, hold on tight. Genesis chapter number 11. Genesis chapter number 11. Listen, before I move any further, will y'all help me celebrate my beautiful bride and the personality of Sister Katrina Love? Will y'all help me celebrate her? I will not be the man I am today without her love and support, and thank God for her uh, loving me uh, past all my flaws and all the hiccups and hangups. I thank God for her so much. Uh, Genesis chapter number 11, um, beginning at verse number 27. We'll read verse 27 down through verse number 32. I'm reading from the New Century Version. Your version may read slightly different. Uh, Genesis chapter 11, verse 27 says, this is the family history of Terah. Terah was the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Haran was the father of Lot, verse 28. While his father, Terah, was still alive, Haran died in Ur of, in Babylonia, where he was born. Abram and Nahor both married. Abram's wife was named Sarai, and Nahor's wife was named Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran who was the father of both Milcah and Iskar. Sarai was not able to have children. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, Haran's son, 
and his daughter-in-law Saria, Abram's wife, and moved out of Ur of Babylonia. And here is my the point I want to pin home. They had planned to go to the land of Canaan, but when they reached the city of Haran, they settled. Everybody said they settled there. Terah lived to be 205 years old, and then he died in Haran. Father, we thank you for this word. We pray, God, that you do with this word only what you can do. Minister it to the hearts of your people. Prepare our hearts to hear what you are saying to this church. Holy Spirit, we invite you to move down every aisle, every chair, every pew, God, every heart that's in this room. God, cultivate the soil of our heart and plant your word in it today. Father, move in this place like never before. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Before I jump into this text, will you do me a favor and will you help me to feel like I'm at home? Will you look at the person to your right and to your left and give them my title? Will you tell them whatever you do? do. Tell them again, whatever you do. do. Don't settle halfway. halfway. Now tell the other one, whatever you do. do. Don't settle halfway. Don't, don't settle. Don't settle halfway. This is the word that God has given to me to give to you this morning. Don't settle halfway. Here's the beautiful part about a word like this. A word like this is transcendent. It's not just a word for you as an individual. It's also a word for this ministry, a word for the church. Don't settle halfway. I like the book of Genesis because the book of Genesis is the book of beginning. Actually, name the, the word Genesis actually means to begin or it means beginning. Uh, Genesis chapter 11 is after the flood, is after the, the antediluvian days. Uh, it is after the flood. So the flood has come. The people have died. Noah and his family have survived. And now God is replenishing the earth. God is replenishing the earth and he's using a man by the name of, of, of Terah. And Terah is Abraham's dad. It's pretty cool that we get a chance to look at Abraham's father. And Abraham was the father of faith. We get a chance to look at his, at his dad. And, and so as we dive into this text, God gave me the title and he told me to tell you, uh, don't settle for halfway. Uh, Pastor Mark, he, he mentioned earlier that we used to play basketball together and I, I, I enjoy playing basketball. But before my basketball days, I used to run track. Any track runners, anybody run track in here? Okay, got some track runners. Oh, wow. Okay. I used to run track and I used to love it. Um, but I came from a small school. It may be in a 3A school, real, real small school. So anybody who wanted to run track got on the team. It was, it was easy. You want to be on the team? You just showed up. And so there was this one girl that showed up, wanted to run, and, uh, and she had a heart to run. She, she loved to run. She just wasn't really good at running. And so my coach had to let her run something. He had to let her run something, so he decided to let her run the mile run. Now, at the track at our school, the mile run means you have to run around the track four times in order to get one mile. And so I'll never forget it. Our first track meet, she was there. And uh, man, and the, they, at, they was at the starting line. Starting pistol goes off. She takes off running. And she's running. And it seemed like she's running with the pack initially. And then slowly around the first curve, you see the pack kind of slowly pulled off from her. Pulled off from her so much so that by the time she got around to the second lap, that the pack now was behind her. And they're about to lap her. She realized that as she was approaching her second lap around, they were making their way to their third lap. So here's what she did. Two laps into the race, she decides to stop and walk off the track. My coach quickly runs over to her and says, what are you doing? Why did you stop? She said, well, I knew that I was going to lose. And because I knew that I was going to lose, I decided to stop halfway. My coach told her, you don't understand. Even if you come in last place, you still get a point for crossing the finish line. I don't know who that's for today. But there may be somebody in this room, you may feel like giving up. You may feel like the pack has run off and left you, but you got to know that there's a finish line just ahead and you cannot settle for halfway. I'm looking at the story and I appreciate the story about this, this gentleman by the name of Terah, Abraham's dad. 
His dad is living in the land of Ur. Now, if you know anything about Ur or the Babylonian society or their culture, they worshiped the moon. They were, they were huge, idolatrous people. Uh, Terah, you know, I believe Terah had it in his mind. He says, you know what? I want to take my family and I want to move my family from Ur and I want to go to Canaan. Canaan is a better land. Canaan is a better place. Uh, I want to take my family and move from here and maybe go to a place where we can have a new life, a new civilization. Maybe we can, we can worship God free from all of the idolatrous people that we are around. And so he tells his family, yo, guys, listen, in a couple of days, we're moving. We're no longer going to be here. We're going to go to Canaan. Canaan uh, is a land that, that, that we understand that flows with milk and honey. It's a beautiful land, beautiful, beautiful place. Now, how many of you know that? That, that many times when we make our plans, our plans don't always work out the way we thought that they would work out. Our plans don't always work out. Well, what happened here? Terah's son, Haran, dies. What happens when you've built your plans and you have so many things in your mind that you want to do and so many things that you want to accomplish in your life, then all of a sudden, catastrophe strikes in your life. His son dies. His son dies, and, and he does, maybe, maybe he doesn't know what to do, but, but life doesn't always turn out the way you pictured it. Life doesn't always turn out based on the picture that you had in your mind. I'm reminded of a story of this dad. This dad worked 12, sometimes 16 hours, and this dad comes home, and, and uh, man, on his way home, he's thinking, I just want to sit in my chair, and I just want to sit, and I just want to go to sleep. But when he gets home, he has a five-year-old son that can't wait to see him. He gets home, and he's tired, and he's, he's frustrated, and he sits in his chair, and all of a sudden, this five-year-old son hears his dad comes in. His five-year-old son rushes in, jumps in his dad's lap. He sits his dad's lap, and he says, Dad, let's go outside and play. His dad was saying, Baby, I, you know, I love your son. Oh, God, son, it's so good to see you. But, but dad is tired. He said, Dad, come on, let's go outside and play. Dad was trying to figure out, Son, I just, I'm so tired. I don't know what to do. The dad grabs a newspaper. He opens a newspaper, and on the inside of the newspaper, there was a huge picture of the earth, a huge picture of the world. So the dad had a picture in his mind. The dad said, baby, I tell you what, go bring me uh, a pair of your safety scissors. So he goes and gets some safety scissors, and he comes back, brings the scissors to the dad. The dad then cuts the paper in little bitty pieces. He cuts this world in little bitty pieces, cuts the earth up in little bitty pieces, and he says, he says, son, let's play a game. His dad said, okay, his son said, okay, daddy. So he gives him all of these little bitty pieces of paper and gives him some tape. And he says, son, if you can put the world back together, then I'll go outside. And I'll play with you. The dad had it figured out. So the dad, the, the son takes all these pieces of paper and goes into his room. His dad hits the button on the recliner. Leg comes up. His dad knows. His dad realized. He said, he's going to be a couple of hours trying to put that, put that world back together. He puts it there. He lays his uh, chair back, gets his blanket, throws over himself. He sleeps for about 10 minutes. All of a sudden, the door burst open. Little boy runs in, and he's got this paper all taped up. He runs in and says, Daddy, Daddy, I put the earth back together again. His dad woke up and said, What? He, he got the paper, and sure enough, he had taped it all back together again. He said, Son, how in the world did you put the earth back together so fast? His son said, Daddy, it was easy. He said, on the other side of the paper <laughs> was a picture of a man. He said, I didn't focus on the world. I just focused on the man. 
And when I got the man back together, oh, that's good. Y'all got no good preaching when you hear it. When I got the man back together, the whole world came together. Come on, that's a good place to shout. That's a good place to give him some glory. The dad looked at his son and said, that didn't turn out quite how I pictured it. Life doesn't always turn out the way you pictured it. You know, you know I, can I just be transparent with you guys? I feel like we're family. Yeah, don't judge me. But I used to think that my body was going to stay in shape all by itself. You laugh. <laughs> I used to think that. But life doesn't always turn out the way you pictured it. When I was in my 20s, I thought I was going to have my six-pack forever. Now my six-pack then turned into a two-liter. I didn't know what spanks were until I got fat. <laughs> because life doesn't always turn out the way you picture it. Life is like that sometimes. Sometimes, even when you get married, nobody move, nobody get hurt. Marriage don't always turn out. Amen. <laughs> the way you picture it. Don't always turn out that way. Women marry men hoping that they'll change. Oh, he got potential. Oh, I think I can change him. I'm going to use food to get through his stomach. <laughs> Women marry men hoping they will change, and men marry women hoping they won't. <laughs> Selah. <laughs> Y'all funny. But life, it doesn't always turn out. Don't always turn the way you pictured it. As a matter of fact, now don't shoot the messenger. My name is Eric. I'm your friend. <laughs> you like me when I was here last time. <laughs> but some of you are seated right beside your biggest problem. <laughs> I got three laughs. <laughs> Everybody else give me a secret thumbs up. I see you. But life, life doesn't always turn out. It doesn't always turn out the way you pictured. I can only imagine what Job going through. Lost everything he had in one day. It didn't turn out the way he pictured it. David's life didn't turn out the way he pictured it. David didn't think that he would go to Saul's house because him and Jonathan were cool, and now Jonathan is in the house throwing javelins at his head. That didn't turn out. Didn't turn out the way, the way he pictured it. Sometimes you have a bad breakup that didn't turn out the way you pictured it. Maybe you're going through a divorce, and, and maybe it just didn't turn out the way you pictured it. Sometimes life just doesn't turn out the way you pictured it. Tara's life didn't turn out the way you pictured it. Now, Tara's having to bury his son. My wife and I, this very weekend, this weekend coming up, we've got to go to our hometown, or to my hometown, and I've got to help my aunt bury her 30-year-old son who fell dead in her living room from a heart attack. Sometimes life doesn't always work out the way you pictured it. Tara's son died, and now Tara... He's got to make a decision. He's got to make a decision. John chapter 13 says, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Because in this world, you're going to have tribulation. 
Here's what God is telling us. And if you want peace, then peace is only found in him because in this life, you're going to have some problems. You're going to have some problems in this life. Proverbs 3, 5 reminds us, says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and God will direct your path. Terror decides, he decides, he tells his family, he says, listen, we've lost our son, but we're going to keep going because, because we've got to get to Canaan. They made up in their mind they were going to go to Canaan. He gets the rest of his children. They, they gather their things, and they on their way to Canaan. Watch this. About halfway to Canaan, they come to a place called Haran. Wait a minute. Haran. 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 Wait a minute. Haran. Haran. Isn't that the name of his deceased son? So he comes to this place. That is the same name of his dead son. And he decides to settle there. He decided to settle in a place that was familiar. There's a danger pathway of settling in places that seem familiar places that seem comfortable. He decided to settle halfway. He decided to settle there in Haran. I wonder, I wonder how many people in this room have chosen to settle in places that were comfortable. I thank God for these teens coming on stage. One guy was on stage. He says, listen, I didn't realize how fearful it was being on stage. But even though he had fear, he chose not to settle. He chose to still speak and to tell of the goodness of the Lord. We heard young ladies on the stage said, I, I wrestle with anxiety. Glory to God. I feel anointing of the Holy Ghost. But I chose not to settle in a place of anxiety. Here's what she did. She said, I took my pills and I threw my pills away. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. For some of you, in your mind, you're saying, I don't know if she should have did that. (laughs) Instead of believing by faith that the baby is healed. Listen, say with me, say they are healed. Some of y'all didn't say it, say with me. They are healed from anxiety and depression in Jesus' name. Now give God some praise for that. And you've got to keep speaking it. You've got to keep saying it. Listen, we live in a voice-activated kingdom. And nothing happens until something is spoken. The Bible says in Mark chapter 11 that you can have whatever you say. You just got to start saying what you have. The problem is, is we got to put a guard in our mouth to make sure that we're speaking faith-filled words instead of death-filled words. You got to speak life instead of speaking death. Glory to God. Who am I talking to in this house? You got to speak life. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, let the sick say. Ooh, I got some Bible readers right over here. Let the sick say. I got a few more. Let the sick say. Watch this. Let me see if y'all really read it. This is really, here's a test. Let the poor say. Oh, I got them. What's wrong with y'all over here? So, in the book of Genesis, when, when God spoke the world into existence, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the deep. The Holy Spirit could not move without command. Glory to God. God said, I'm, God said, I'm going to make humans. Watch this. I'm going to make humans. God said, I'm going to make humans. Human, 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 humus, humus, humus man, humus-ish. Humus, humus, dirt, 
Dirt is humus. Humus, dirt, dirt, man. I'm going to make a dirt man. Glory to God. So listen, we're all just dressed up. Bags of dirt. We're just a bag of dirt. Some of us cream-colored dirt, <laughs> yellow dirt, brown dirt, cocoa dirt, chocolate dirt. But we're all just dressed up, bags of dirt. But here's the beautiful part about the dirt. It is in the dirt that plants grow. It is in the dirt that your life grows. So here's what God does. God then breathed the breath of life into humus. So watch this. Stay with me. It is then your body that gives you legal authority on the earth. Because he says, I'm going to breathe into humus. I'm going to breathe into man the breath of life. And man became a living soul. He breathed into dirt. And dirt lived. Look at your neighbor and tell them you can live in your dirt. Come on, tell them, tell them. Woo! Oh, you can live in it. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, so watch this, watch this, watch this. So here's what that means. 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 That means that any spirit that is here without humus has no authority. Oh, y'all, I'm so glad y'all got that. Because it is my body that gives me the authority. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now I understand why Satan is fighting so hard to get in your body. Because he understands that in order for him to have authority in the earth, he's got to use somebody's body. But God said, Lo, I give you authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. So what, what God said? God said, if you tell it to go, it has to go. If you tell it to leave, it has to leave. If you tell it it can no longer stay, it can no longer stay. Let me make that more practical. If you tell anxiety, anxiety, you got to go. Y'all making me work too hard. If you tell anxiety that it has to go because there are certain things that are trespassing in our lives. There's certain things that was not God's will for your life. And we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop halfway. Don't sacrifice the future by holding on to the past. Terror was holding on to the past. He stopped in a place that was the name of his son, and he chose to settle there. He chose to settle. Now, now, I, I, don't have my, I don't have a Daniel Boone hat. And I don't have a settler's hat. <laughs> but what I'm saying to you is, is that you can't settle. You, you can't settle. You, young people, young people, don't settle. Don't, don't settle for less than God's best. You, young people, if they don't treat you right, don't settle. If they don't love Jesus, don't you settle. I don't care how fine he is. I don't care how cute she is. If they don't love Jesus, don't you settle. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle. You can't settle. You can't, you can't, you can't settle. You can't settle for halfway. Don't sacrifice the future. Holding on to what was. What am I saying to you, pathway, is that it's time to move forward. God's ushering in a great revival in this church, a great revival in this ministry. Listen, I, listen, ooh, I heard it, I heard it, I heard it, I heard it. I, I hear things prophetically. Uh, but I heard Pastor Mark say, I heard, I heard him say, y'all going to shout when I give you this. Oh, this is going to make you happy. This is going to make you real happy. I heard him say, y'all heard it too. And when I said, you're going to know 
that that's what he said because you heard him say it. That's why I want to tell you. I want to tell you what he said because you're going to be happy when I tell you. Can I tell you what he said? Y'all stop rushing me. <laughs> but listen to what he said. Check, check this out. He said, the kingdom is all ours. He said, the kingdom belongs to us. You do know that you are citizens of a kingdom that's not of this world. Glory to God. You know you are seated in heavenly places right now. You're seated in heaven right now with God. You've got to know that, that, that you, you are not of this world. Listen, if, if, you're, if you're born again, if you're born again, do me a favor. Will you tell the person that you're seated beside, tell them, I'm not from around here. I'm not, I'm not from around here. When they ask you, why do you love the way you do? Because I'm not from around here. Why do you forgive the way you forgive? Because I'm not from around here. Why do you give the way you do? Because I'm not from around here. <laughs> yeah. Where, where are you? Where are you from? I'm from the kingdom. What kingdom? I'm from the kingdom of heaven. They're going to look at you crazy, but they're going to ask questions. And it gives you a chance to open up, gives you an opportunity to now share the kingdom with them. Don't, listen, don't sacrifice the future by holding on to the past. Now, now listen, uh, Haran, the name Haran, stay with me, stay with me. Y'all with me? The name Haran, listen to this means mountains. So Terah, watch this, the name Ur, U-R, means flame or fire. So Terah left the flames and ended up in the mountains. Mountains in the Bible represents hardships, hard times, trials in your life. You would think, you would think that, that when you come out of one problem, you will go right into Eden. But many times, after you're finished with one problem, another problem shows up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some, sometimes you walk from one problem right into another problem, and that's exactly what happened with Terah. He leaves the flames, he goes into the mountain. Now watch this. Here's the problem with the mountains. Here's the problem. The problem with the mountains is that God never told you to settle in the mountains. He told you to speak to your mountain. God said, you have the, he said, you have faith the size of a mustard seed. He said, you can speak to mountains and you can cause mountains to be moved. Watch this. Stay with me, pathway. Never settle in a place that God told you to command. This is so good to me. Can I preach to myself? Can I get a recording of this? <laughs> Never settle in a place that God told you to command. Don't settle for what the enemy is trying to bring on your life. Don't settle for that. And we don't settle. We don't settle halfway. And here's my final point. The musicians, you guys can come. Here's my final point. Here's my final point. If you look in verse chapter number 12, Genesis chapter number 12, after Terah had died, 205 years uh, he had lived after Terah died. Then God speaks to Abram. God says, Abram, your dad didn't complete the journey, but you're going to. <sighs> Can I speak to the Abrahamic generation and say to you that what your mom and dad started what your mom, dad, grandpa, granddad, and all, grandma, whatever, where they started, God has called you yeah. to complete it. Yeah, Y'all hear me? He's called you to perform it. God says to Abram, he says, Abram, terror started the journey to Canaan, but you're going to finish it. Yeah. And God's going to use these young people to finish the journey. So what am I saying? What am I saying? My final point is, it's never too late to keep going. It's never too late to keep going. In 1 Samuel chapter number 30, it's a beautiful, it's a splendid story. Splendid story. 
about King David. David had been kicked out of Saul's house and he was on the run and he had a few good men rocking with him. David then leaks up with the Philistine army and David linked up with them because they were fighting against the people that had been fighting against God's people. One of the captains in the Philistine army, they started talking to each other and they says, man, we don't, we don't trust this cat. It's David, man. Didn't David serves God. Like we don't, at any time David could turn on us. Any moment he could turn on us. And they got to talking and they said, yeah, you're right, man. They said, check it out. They said, go tell, man. They called another, another dude, another captain, said, man, look, go tell David that. Man, he just can't rock with us no more, man. We just, we don't, we don't trust him. We don't, we don't know what he's going to do. He said, man, David's, David's been good to us. David's been fighting battles with us. He says, man, nah, I just don't trust him. David's got to go. All right, man, whatever. So he calls, goes over and calls David. He said, David, let me talk to you. David said, man, what's up? He said, look, man, man, I know you've been 100. Can I talk like that in here? Okay. 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 He's like, David, man, you've been 100 with us since the beginning. You kept it real with us, man. You've been fighting with us. You've been fighting alongside of us. He says, but man, up an echelon, man, them dudes, they don't trust you. David's like, what you mean they don't trust me? He said, they just don't trust you, bro. He said, they don't know if you're going to flip on us. They don't, they don't know if you're going to change up on us. He was like, man, like every battle y'all been in, I, we've been right there with you. He said, man, I know, I know, fam. Can I, can I say fam? <laughs> he, said, he, said, he said, I know, fam. He says, man, but they just, they just don't trust you, kid. You got to. Gotta go, man. And so then Dave was like, Man, you serious right now? Man, you gotta be joking. He said, nah, man, they, you gotta go, man. I'm sorry, bro. For real, for real. I'm sorry. If it's up to me, I'll let you stay, but dude, you gotta go, man. Dave was like, ah right, man, whatever. David goes, call his guys, hey fellas, y'all, y'all come in right quick. They came over to David, and David was like, Man, look, they don't want us here, bro. He's like, what? They don't want us here anymore. They said, man, we've helped them fight all these battles. Now they're kicking us out. I said, yeah. Man, life doesn't always turn out the way you pictured it. They said, man, David, what are we going to do now? David said, tell y'all what. Tell you what. Y'all miss our kids, right? Yeah, we miss our kids. Tell you what, let's, let's go see our kids. Let's go see our wives. Let's go see our kids. Let's just go. Let's just go home and let's just chill at the house and let's go check on our family. That was like, word, bet. Let's do that. Cool. Let's go check on our family. Y'all, y'all know exactly what I'm saying, don't you? Okay. So, so then they pack, get all the armor, get all the things together, and they're on their way to Ziglag, and they're excited. They're happy. They're about to go see their kids, and they, they can't wait to see those kids running down that dusty road, running towards them. They can't wait to get on their knees and drop all their armor and all the swords and wrap their arms around their kids and hug their children and tell them how much they love them. They can't wait to hear the songs that the wives are going to be singing, seeing that the troops have come home. They can't wait to see it. And they're anticipating it. They're happy. They're excited. If you've been in the military, you know what it is to to go on leave. You know what it means to have a pass on the weekend. You know what it means to be able to go home and see your family. You know what that means. You know how exciting that is. They're excited only to get to Ziklag and to find that the entire city had been burned to the ground. Houses smoldering, smoke coming up from the city. All of their wives and children are gone. They get there, drop their armor, and looking around, and every man's house is burned. Every man's family is gone. And the Bible says that they wept sore. They wept so hard that they didn't have any more tears to cry. They'd just been kicked out of Saul's camp, kicked out of the Philistine army. Now they get here and all their family's dead and gone. All their family's gone, rather. And they look at David and they said, David, 
this is your fault. You did this. If we had not been with you, our family would still be alive. It's a dangerous thing when you turn your frustration out on your leader. Let me say this to you, Pathway. When God shows you your leader's flaws, it's never about the leader. It's always about your heart. When God shows you the flaws of your leader, and the closer you get to your leader, the more flaws you're going to see. That's why leaders have to be careful who they put around them. It's never about the leader. It's always about your heart. No one of Noah's sons laughed at his nakedness. Two of the other sons put a sheet on their shoulders, walked into his tent backwards, and they threw the tent off of them, and they covered their father's nakedness. We're in a season where you got to cover your leaders. Your leaders have covered you all these years. Now they come to see them. You got to cover your leaders. You got to be praying for your leaders. You got to pray for them. And again, when God shows you your leaders' flaws, it's never about the leader. It is always about your heart. They said, David, it's your fault, man. They got together and they said, yo, let's, man, let's kill David. It's his fault. I can see David possibly with his knees in the dirt, looking at his smoldering house, his house burned to the ground, looking at all the stuff that was in the house, everything burned up. And I can see David looking up toward heaven, saying to God, God, should I? What do you want me to do? Should I pursue? And if I pursue, will I recover? Will I make it through this? Thank God for Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God speaks to David and tells him, pursue. And you shall without fail recover all. But David, you cannot stop halfway. David realized, I can't stop halfway. So David goes back up, he goes to his men and says, fellas, we can't stop here. We have to keep going. We have to keep moving. Because God told us that we will recover all. Pathway, what I'm saying to you is, you can't stop here. You can't stop here. This is halfway. You're at the halfway mark. You got, you, there's still more work to do. You've got a building. You, listen, you've got a kingdom to build. The kingdom is yours. It's all yours. And God said, he said, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive and you'll have whatever you say. You've got to start saying the building is paid for. Let me help you to understand. Let me help you, let me help you understand how important this is. There are, there are over 80,000 people in Longview. Over 80,000 people. 86,000, whatever the last census was. Now listen, only about 6,000 go to church. Pathway, what would you do if there was 20,000 people outside right now wanting to get in here? What would you do? Where would you put them? Where would you put them? What about 5,000 that were outside and they wanted to come in? What would you do? Where would you put them? You've got to see the harvest. You've got to know that God is preparing you. God is sending a, a wind of revival through this ministry. And God is using this church. And this church and the young people, you guys are going to usher in an amazing revival in this city. But the problem is you can't stop. You can't stop. You've got to keep believing. You've got to keep sowing. You've got to keep speaking. Glory to God. You've got to keep writing. You've got to keep doing it. You cannot settle for halfway. God's doing some amazing things. You don't get testimonies like that. 
lest the Holy Spirit is working. He's working in this ministry. He's working in this church. Glory to God. Now here is the big problem. If you read the book of Genesis, chapter number 10, beginning in verse in chapter 11, there was a group of people who got together and they decided they were going to build a tower all the way to heaven. The Bible says they all spoke the same language. Listen to me, Pathway. Listen to me carefully. The Bible said they all spoke the same language. And because they all spoke the same language, the Bible says they were building this, they were building this tower. And, and man, they were successful. They were so successful that the Bible says that God had to come down and look at their work. Because they were with, they were all with one mind, one accord. Stay with me, Pathway. The only way that God was able to stop them was by confusing their language. When the language changed, the work stopped. Here's my question for you. Are you speaking the same language? Are you saying what's being spoken over on the pulpit? Are you speaking from the heart of the pastor? The heart of the leadership team? Are you speaking from their heart? Or are you behind the scenes? Kind of saying, I don't know. Maybe they bit off too much. I don't know why they're trying to do it right now. Because when the language changes, the work stops. It's not a time speak something different than what's been spoken on the stage. We planted a ministry right before COVID hit. 2018, we launched it. Got into a building early 2019, all of a sudden COVID hit. Every church that, most churches that did that, what we did, launched when we did, didn't make it. They're struggling. Our church is being blessed because we've learned how to speak the same thing. Now, that's not 100% but we've learned to speak the same language, even if it doesn't make sense. Abram, I need you to get up and I need you to go. Go where? Just go where I tell you. I need you to go. Go where I tell you. You have to increase your capacity because during the fall, y'all gonna have a big problem. Y'all gonna, gonna be doing like 14 service on the weekend. <laughs> No, I'm, not, I'm telling you, because people are looking for something real. People are looking for church. They're looking for something real and authentic. They're looking for, and I believe you guys have something special here. You have something amazing here. You have it. But you guys, you got to speak the same language. You got to know that it can happen. You got to know that it's going to happen. You got to know that this thing is God's will. Because guess what? Listen. Oh, this is so good to me. Make sure I get a copy of this. But there's another church out there struggling that needs this building. It's already set for them. When they come in, all of a sudden, we already set. Be moving ready. That's why you guys, you can't settle in Haran. You can't settle in these mountains. God has Canaan. Canaan. Glory to God. And he's going to give y'all a, he's going to give y'all a bridge. Y'all can call it the bridge of Terabithia. Yeah. <laughs> because we cross the bridge of Terabithia, something amazing happens on the other side of that bridge. I don't know why I thought about that. <laughs> can I pray for you? Will you bow your heads? Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come flood this place. Fill this atmosphere. God, it's you that our heart longs for. We desire to be overcome by your presence. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I feel his presence in this place. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Listen, all over the house, will you just begin to pray right there where you are? I just feel his presence in this place. I feel his presence so strong. Glory to God. If you have a heavenly language, will you, will you use it now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for what you're doing in this, in this place. Glory to God. Thank you for the wind of healing that's blowing through this house. Thank you, God, that you're healing families and you're healing lives and you're healing, healing children and teenagers, God. Thank you for healing. Thank you that you're healing finances. You're healing all manner of sicknesses and disease. Thank you, God, that you are repositioning Pathway Church. That Pathway will show the people the path to you. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this house, what you're doing in this season. I pray for the hearts of your people. I pray for the thousands and tens of thousands that will someday partner and yoke up with this ministry. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 I just heard the Holy Spirit say, Jabez anointing. Glory to God. I don't know who that's for. I just heard the Holy Spirit say, Jabez anointing. That God is enlarging your territory. He's increasing your borders. He's enlarging your coast. Glory to God. Jabez said, all that you have blessed me indeed. God is blessing you indeed. Get ready for increase. Get ready for increase. Get ready for favor. Speak words of faith, no words of doubt. You say what the Lord says. Even if it sounds ridiculous, you say what the Lord said. Peter said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come. Jesus said, come. And Peter steps out of the boat. And the very thing that should have drowned him is the very thing that held him up. I speak that prophetically to you tonight. The very thing that you thought was going to drown you will be the very thing that God uses to hold you up. You just can't stop halfway. Here's the word in closing. Come on, Pastor Mark. Here's the word in closing. Pathway can never stop halfway. Hallelujah. God bless you. Pastor. Stand with me, if you will. Thank you, Pastor Eric, for that on-time word. Do you guys receive that? Because it's not enough to hear it. It's got to get deep down in here, and it's got to motivate us to do something with it. Amen? All right. I'm going to pray that all that God did today and said today and spoke today and confirmed today would be firmly rooted in our hearts and that it'll produce much fruit. So just let's agree together for that in this moment. Father, Father, we love you. We thank you for, for friends like Pastor Eric and Trina. Thank you that they hear from you. And we just receive all that you've done today, Holy Spirit, all the words that you've spoken, all the things that you've rebirthed, that maybe you've birthed for the first time. We just ask that you would get, just take them deep into our hearts, deep into our spirits, that we would hold on tightly to the word that you've spoken over all of us individually, as families, and as a church family. Because Pathway will not settle for halfway in the lives of our church family and all of our people. We just speak that word, as Pastor was saying. We have to speak it to see it in this voice-activated kingdom. I love that. We thank you, Jesus, that you love us, that you've
predestined us for greatness, every single one of us under the sound of my voice, and we won't settle for anything less. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Can you give Jesus your best praise? All right, so now comes the hard part. We got to go do something with it. So we heard it. Now let's walk out the door and do something with it. If you're going to be uh, joining us tonight for family night, we'll see you as we take over the kingdom. And uh, then on Monday, we'll take over the kingdom. All right. All right. Love you guys. Bless you. We'll see you tonight or this week.